What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another live podcast episode of Maximize Your Brain with Mark Keith Braden. So excited that you are with me today for this live episode as I am doing a little something different uh, this week to share with you on Facebook Live as well as on the other social media channels. So excited to be sharing with you this week's guest because it is not only a challenge that I've had in my own business, but also a challenge that I know many others have had in their businesses. And so I look forward to get started. Before I get started and we get into the interview, I want to make sure that I invite you to make sure that you have subscribed to my podcast. All you have to do is go to iTunes, to Stitcher, to Spotify or Google Play and look up Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Brayton and you can subscribe. Also, if you are an individual who is interested in really maximizing your brand and leveraging your personal brand as a business, because I like to say that I work with career professionals and corporate executives to maximize their brand online so that they can create a location free business that's profitable all around their expertise, their skills, and their passion. So I want to invite you to join my Facebook group, Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Braden on Facebook, if that is an interest to you. So once again, I invite you, all you have to do is request to join right there on Facebook and you will be uh, allowed to be a part of that private group. So With that out of the way, let me now introduce my guest to you that I am interviewing today, someone whom I met uh, some time ago, and she is a wonderful, wonderful person. And today I am interviewing Miss Susan McVeigh, Susan McVeigh. Susan has over 20 years of experience selling more than $40 million and leading high-performance sales teams to over $600 million in revenue. Susan is an award-winning sales strategist, consultant, and speaker who now helps ambitious entrepreneurs as the founder of Sales Mastery Society and the host of her own podcast, Master the Sales Game Podcast. Featured in numerous media such as Entrepreneur, Forbes, Business Insider, and others, she's she's on a mission to help create more millionaire entrepreneurs and establish a mentality of wealth and abundance in the world. And so that's just a short bio of of Susan. And so what I want to do is we're going to bring Susan here in the space so that we can have our conversation. So give me one second as we bring her in. What's going on, Susan? Thank you for joining me on the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Markeith. I am super, super excited and pumped to be here today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, Susan, I gave that brief bio of you that you sent to me and kind of read it straight from my email. But I want you to give us a little bit more insight of how you show up in the world and really, you know, who is Susan McVeigh? Yeah, that's kind of a loaded question, right? But (laughs) um, at the core, I am a uh, a mom. I've been married to the love of my life for, gosh, a long time. Um, I am a 
a believer of Christ and I just love to serve people. And for me, I never wanted a career in sales. I never wanted to be selling to people. I always wanted to be helping people and serving them. And uh, that's how my parents taught me. So my parents were entrepreneurs. They had a brick and mortar store, immigrants to Canada, and that's what I was used to. And so I, um, I tried to escape all of that <laughs> by running into uh, corporate life, uh, not realizing it was sales, and then realizing that I was actually really good at helping people and really good at teaching a way that made things really easy for my teams um, and also impacted clients. And so when I had a health crisis that took me out of the game, um, took me out of the career that I had thought my my life was going to be like, I was I was devastated. And so um, this iteration of my life, this business that I have is not something that I had planned for. It is very much something that God pushed me to do. And, um, and I'm deeply grateful for it because I've had the chance to be able to meet amazing folks like you, Markeith, along my journey and being able to help now small business owners and entrepreneurs that either have a background in sales, but have never had to sell themselves like me, or they don't have any background in sales. And are deeply gifted in the thing that they do, their expertise, but are struggling to be able to show up and do that consistently because they don't like selling, which is also me. <laughs> that was my my background, my experience. And so I, I'm deeply grateful to be able to now take all of those skills and, and help everyday folks uh, that are gifted at what they do. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation was because, you know, I have a challenge with sales myself. It's not the most comfortable thing for me to do, considering that I spent 10 plus years professionally as a professional in healthcare, working in public health, and really just kind of had a side speaking business while I was being a what I call a parallelpreneur at the time. And mm -hmm. so, now five years into business, two and a half of those years being parallel still, and then the last two years being full time, I'm still kind of learning that process. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you is, you know, how do we become as entrepreneurs, those who are have transitioned from employee to entrepreneur, those who's who are thinking about transitioning from employee to entrepreneur, how do we become comfortable with sales? What are some of those initial steps that we need to take in order to become confident and comfortable as sales individuals? Because we all really at the end of the day are in sales. We are. I mean, um, a great book to read is uh, Daniel Pink, To Sell as Human, because I think it will help to reframe that idea that you have to be a different person, like a different personality type or uh, a different type of individual other than who you are in order to be successful in sales. Because that was my mentality when I first started out in my career. I thought, I mean, I'm an introvert. I'm kind of a wallflower in terms of I listen and observe more than I actually am out in the forefront. And a, a lot of my clients are used to being the, the silent hero, <laughs> like you're in the background. And again, really good at what you do, but it's uncomfortable having to self promote and having to ask people for 
um, for help, essentially, because you're trying to help your clients, but you also need to exchange that value for value and it can feel uncomfortable. And so I think that's an amazing book because we are all selling anytime that you are trying to help people make a decision. So when you are trying to get somebody to eat what you made and they don't want to, <laughs> you are selling my friend. You know, if, if you're trying to get somebody, so I'm again, I'm a mom. I have uh, two kind of, well, they're teens now, but back in the day when we had to try and get them out the door, I was, I was selling that, right? Like you have to be able to tell people why it is that they need to do something that is better for them when maybe they don't want to. And so this is not about pushing people or convincing individuals to do something that is not appropriate for them, but it definitely takes a, a shift in your mindset, a belief in yourself that what it is that you're doing is important, it's needed, that you know what's best for folks that you're trying to help. And I know that right now that perhaps the aspect of having to ask for money almost becomes a bit like a loaded gun, right? In that it feels very weighty and it feels comfortable because there's money attached and we make it mean something about ourselves, our self-worth, our value. And I'm going to tell you, when I first started in my business, I was uh, I was drinking the Kool-Aid too. And I said, you know, charge your worth, charge your, uh, charge your, yeah, like, you know, like everybody says, charge your worth. Look, I realized that that actually was a deterrent for me initially when I started having to sell myself because my worth is not attached to the dollar sign that I put against my products, my programs, or my services. My worth, especially as a child of God, is like there is no amount of money that I can put on any of us as individual beings. So I think as long as we can separate the thing that we do from who we are, it becomes much easier. It's as if you are just presenting anything that really you care about, but it's not connected to you in any way. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we can distance ourselves from the things that we do, we still have to be emotionally involved in terms of having that purpose and that passion and your bigger why. But I think sometimes we get so much into it that it becomes really hard when we have to start now asking people to pay us. And oftentimes, for my clients at least, that's where the struggle becomes becomes, excuse me, because they're either so used to, I'm just going to give it away for free because this is a gift that I've always done and I don't know how to charge for it. Or on the flip side, it becomes really uncomfortable because when they ask and then they don't get what they want, they hear those no's, it becomes a, such a feeling of personal rejection. Like they have rejected me as a human instead of the thing that it is that you do, the service or the gift, like that gift is not appropriate. And so what I want everyone to think about is, you know, when you give somebody a birthday present, um, it doesn't always fit, right? Like, even if it's a shirt or a pair of shoes that they love, it might not fit them, they may have to go back and make an adjustment. And we don't make that mean anything about ourselves. Right. But somehow, <laughs> When we're giving this gift of this is a precious thing that I have inside of me that can help you, as soon as they say no, or it feels like they're about to say no, 
all of these stories get unpackaged and we begin to go down this rabbit trail of, oh my gosh, I'm not a good person and how terrible of me to have even asked for this amount. Maybe I'm charging too much or I'm I'm terrible for not being able to help them when they are asking for my help and having to um, to charge and not being able to accommodate them. And so I think right now, more than ever, we need to really be able to identify that what we do is not who we are. Mm-hmm. When people say no, it's not a reflection of your value, your worth, or the impact that you're having on the world or the fact that you're a good person or a bad person. It mm-hmm. really means no. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's just it's just like another word. And so um, I think really uh, from that perspective, if we are able to know that your primary job as a servant leader, as somebody who's out to do good in the world is to find someone to serve every day. And some people will need more, which means that you're going to make the offer and you're going to be able to help them and ask them to keep moving forward in that journey by by giving them invitations to work with you, right? Here's a paid program, here's a paid service. Maybe it's just a recommendation to something else that you know could help them that you don't even fulfill. Totally fine. That's all in the realm of sales. And other times it's not it's not going to be appropriate. They're not going to be ready for that gift and they're going to go, "Well, gosh, like I love the gift, but it's two sizes too big." So, <laughs> I'm going to have to wait on this one until I'm ready to to grow into it. Does that make sense? And I think when we are able to see it from that perspective, we don't have to take it as personally as we might be doing right now. Awesome. And so you are so much more than the work that you do. And so you shouldn't take it personal, right? Now, uh, what was the book again that you had recommended? So it's by Daniel Pink. Mm -hmm. And it's called To Sell is Human. To sell is human. Those of you who are watching, please type that in the comments so that we can capture that via the recording. And also uh, people who will be watching the replay will be able to capture that resource. Also, if you are watching, get your questions ready for towards the end of this live broadcast. If you have questions around sales, if you have questions around your a particular type of business, we want to make sure that you have opportunity to to list those questions in the comments. And so as we think about sales and as I consider sales and think about this time that we are in during COVID-19 and um, many businesses are, you know, applying for the various opportunities uh, via the stimulus packages, you know, can we still be successful in selling during this time of COVID-19? Uh, yes. <laughs> Hell yes. I mean, uh, I'm really excited because all of my clients are still moving forward and finding a lot of success. So and that varies, right? So first, I want I want to say that right now, if you are struggling, uh, do not judge yourself. because And don't beat yourself up because you are exactly where you need to be. Now, that being said, if you want to be in a different place, there is opportunity for you. You just need to figure out a way that's going to fit for you. And it's going to vary from person to person. So uh, we're going to talk probably a little bit about some different strategies that might be helpful. And if you're you're here live and you have some questions, please feel free to, to ask. But um, every single person that I have spoken to, including my clients, I they have used different strategies. So 
I can't say that there is a one size fits all for where you are, given that the pandemic and COVID-19 is right here and uh, and upon us as a, a real state of fact. The one thing that I will recommend to everybody who's listening right now, though, is that there is no time like right now in that you know exactly what your clients and your potential clients are going through. Never has there been a time like this where you know they're all trapped. If they have kids, they're going crazy with their kids at home, (laughs) right? Maybe right now they are adjusting to a new normal uh, or having to figure out what that new normal state might look for them, whether it's regards to their relationships, their health, their wealth, their business, anything that is going on in their life that you help them with, chances are you have a very clear idea of what their day-to-day looks like. And I can't really say that about any other time that we've had where I've been helping my clients, where it's almost like you don't have to do a ton of research. You still have to do the work for sure and and speaking to your uh, potential clients. But a lot of this legwork is essentially done for you, which means that you can have meaningful dialogue and conversation with individuals knowing that half of the conversation you already have some context around. So that being said, if you know that your product or service fills a need Hmm. and that need is still required right now, you are being selfish if you don't allow your gift to be provided to individuals that might be searching for you. There are still people um, that are looking and buying, I mean, who here has bought something like some kind of hair related product in the last three weeks, (laughs) right? Like if you're following any of the shopping trends, you'll see these patterns coming up. People are buying things that are coming and arising from new needs, from new, these new circumstances. And if your business is poised for such a time as this, please don't feel like you're being opportunistic Please know that you are here to serve a need, to serve a purpose, and your main objective is to make sure that those people who need you the most actually know that you exist because we want to support one another. And now more than ever, I would say that there is a heightened awareness from the general population and the general public that we need to support our small business owners really, really well. Uh, Because some of them might not make it. And for those of us, I mean, I'm a small business owner, Markeith is as well. If you are here listening because you are a mom and pop shop, then now more than ever, your marketplace wants to support you. But if you don't speak up and you don't say, this is what I do, this is how I can help, and this is who I'm looking for, then the collective whole of us, we really can't kind of rise up to meet you and to help support you as well. So I really recommend that folks are kind of, I want to call this almost like your your moment in the fire, so to speak, where if the burning, the, the building was burning down and you had to tell people like with your last dying breath, what do you do? How do you help people? Are you doing that right now? And it's okay if you, Again, because there's no shaming here in terms of what choices that you're making, but I really do want to make sure that you are consciously making a choice and that you're not feeling like the environment is forcing you to do something that you're not equipped to, meaning that you're not just putting your head in the sand 
and hiding simply because you're afraid or you're not sure of what to do. There are plenty of resources out there. I'm happy to help if I can send you on your way. And that's part of the reason why Markeith and I are having this conversation. But I want you to be able to make a choice to say, this is what's happening around me. And I am choosing to take a break because I am taking this time to connect to myself, to connect to my family, to see how I can better serve my clients when things reopen. That's very different than saying, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. COVID-19 has tied my hands and I don't know what to do. And I'm just going to give up. Those two situations are very different. So I, I want you to just pick and consciously choose what is the path that you're going to take. And if you do decide that you want to keep going, what are you missing? If anything, you might not be missing anything at all. It just might be like consciously deciding and saying, I'm doing it and going for it. But if you feel like I'm missing something right now, instead of thinking about 10 different things that you're missing, because <laughs> that's often what happens, we go down this rabbit trail, think about what do I need for the very next step? The next thing that I need to do, what am I missing? Who can help me? And how, how do I take the next step? And then just keep going one step after another, uh, rather than waiting to have all of your steps mapped out and all of the people for all those steps. Just think about one step at a time. That's really good. I like the analogy uh, that you get. You know, the building is burning down. You know, who knows? what you have to maybe save the building. Who knows what you have to perhaps, you know, help save them, you know, from the burning building. So it all depends on uh, your efforts and the things that you feel like you need to do. Also like when you say that ultimately selling should be helping in, in a way, you know, selling should be you providing help to somebody with a product, a service, that either they know that they need and just hadn't been presented with the opportunity or they don't know that they need it and, and you're presenting them with this alternative or this opportunity. And when you look at it that way, it's different from, I guess, the connotation that you've had about salespeople, you know, growing up. You know, salespeople are sleazy. Salespeople are all of these various descriptives. And so how do we not get caught up in, I guess, what we have come to know as characteristics of sales individuals? Yeah, that that is a whole thing. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that um, this is going to sound very facetious, like just very flippant. It's as easy as deciding. And I... I know that that sometimes you're like, what? But how is that? Well, it is because for me, all of my clients know that selling is serving. And so the more that you're able to really think about the fact that when you serve at the highest level and that you really are, it's a continuation of the conversation, right? So that when you help people and you solve their problem, some people are going to need to take it that one step further. So there are folks that need that next opportunity and if you don't serve them if you don't give them that next step then they're never going to get their problem solved and really when we're looking at 
it from that perspective, it becomes hopefully a lot easier to reframe the conversation, the conversation and the dialogues that you're currently having. The main thing here that I would say is that, you know, mass media, the uh, news and uh, our popular TV shows and movies really don't help with this stigma. <laughs> because Every time we see something, guess what? That that car salesman is that character that keeps popping up. And so uh, I, and that's why I recommended that book at the very beginning with Daniel Pink, because I think when we understand that every single one of us are selling all day long, we sales is about leadership for me, and it should be for you. It's about guiding conversations and it's about helping people make decisions. So when you think about how many decisions that you're making every single day, all day long, every single time you say yes or no, you're essentially selling. It's either you're buying into your vision of what you've said yes to or no to. And if you're having this by dialogue with other people, whether it's your spouse, uh, a friend, your kids, uh, anybody that's interacting with you in your life, if you make a decision based on what somebody else has told you, they're selling you. And you, we never feel when it comes from a place of service and when it comes from a place of just genuine regard and helpfulness, we don't feel like our people are selling to us all the time. And yet that's essentially what's happening, right? Because sales, the whole sales process is really about uncovering, do you need this thing? And if yes, do you need it right now? And right is my thing the right thing that's going to help you to get what you need? And if that's the case, then we talk about it. We make sure that you understand what it is that you're going to get. And we come to a meeting of the minds to say, do you want, are you interested? And so it's a little bit like dating. <laughs> so when we are, you know, in a relationship and we're trying to court somebody that doesn't happen overnight. Typically. Now, there are times where things happen very quickly. There are other times our friendships or relationships develop over time. And as we go through and we fine tune these nuances of do you like this or do you like that, it, we get better at understanding how we can serve those individuals. And it's the same as the relationships we have with our clients. And, and so, what I want us to think about is sales is serving, but it's also about having conversations and connections that help people make decisions that are going to improve their lives. And they do that through our products and services. And so more and more, I want um, I want to change the face of sales because I feel like sales really is about serving individuals and it really should be about helping people. And I'm going to tell you that when you sell with integrity, oftentimes it's better to, to say no to clients and no to potential clients because they're not going to get the best results with your products and services. This is not about just cranking out as much money as you possibly can make. This is about really helping the people that you serve so that they get the best results. You get repeat clients, you get referrals and testimonials, and you get those raving fans that my um, you know good friend, I like to consider him my good friend. Pat Flynn uh, wrote about in his book, Super Fans. Um, so that's another great one for us to really think about how we serve our people and how we create raving fans and a community of people that want to support us such that we have our own um, our own league of ambassadors that are going out and 
you know, touting our good graces and saying how fabulous we are when we do things right. And that also means saying no to people, then we are giving other individuals the opportunity to really understand how we serve them. Wow. Sales is serving. Mm -hmm. Sales is leadership. Sales is helping. Sales is providing a solution to a problem. When you think of it that way, you don't think about some of those derogatory terms or descriptives or characteristics that we have come to know. And so that was an awesome, awesome first half as we just kind of better understood, you know, what sales is, how to become more comfortable with our sales and and really, you know, having a different definition around sales. After this commercial break, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about now, how do we become so comfortable with sales that we sell more and work less. That's a topic that I would definitely love to hear. How do we sell more but work less? So we'll be right back after this commercial break. One of the biggest needs in my business has been the implementation of funnels. Sales and online payments with their easily used sales pages and payment gateways. I could have not done any of it without the right software to help called ClickFunnels. With ClickFunnels, you can build landing pages and sales funnels without a programmer and without knowing any code. These funnels walk your visitors through the sale in a way that maximizes conversions and earnings. The great thing about ClickFunnels is that it is just not your funnel building editor. It can also serve as your shopping cart, email autoresponder, membership software, affiliate management system, and so much more. Join over 90,000 entrepreneurs who actively use ClickFunnels to build businesses easily getting their message and products out to the world using ClickFunnels. Visit buildwithfunnels.com to start your free 14-day trial today. That's buildwithfunnels.com. All right, welcome back to the second half of our interview with Susan McVeigh. We've been talking about sales and talking about how to shift our mindset around sales and become more comfortable with sales. And so this second half of the episode is going to be dedicated to how do we sell more but work less? How do we sell more but work less? So excited to be talking about this. And so, Susan, let's let's jump right in there. What do you mean by this whole idea of selling more and working less? <laughs> That's the dream, right? <laughs> um, I think sometimes we are so focused on kind of imp uh, improving a process that may not be the critical piece to optimize that when we kind of pour gas on something, it doesn't burst into flames. It just goes Bleh. And that's what I see time and time again. And so uh, I know that for a lot of my clients that are wearing all the hats in their business, certainly as it relates to marketing and sales, right? Mm -hmm. they're, kiss they're our kissing cousins. Marketing essentially is where you're bringing the gals to the bar and sales is essentially what takes that one 
gal or guy and takes them home with you. And they need to work in partnership because if you have brought that person to the bar with misleading information such that when they get to the bar, they think, well, there's no 80s music. These drink specials are terrible. Like there's no interesting people here. They're going to leave. And so they do need to work in partnership. And often what I see is that there's so much focus on the marketing side of things, like more leads, more uh, lead generation, like all of these things that you're busy, busy doing that are attracting and getting you expert status and the visibility pieces, which are, they are needed. So I, I want to be very uh, upfront with saying you can't stop doing marketing. It's really important. But at the same time, if that's all you're focused on and you're wondering why I'm not getting clients, the reason why is because you're actually not selling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this is why for me, if we are focusing on what happens to help people to get to the point where they're ready to say yes to you, do you even know why your potential clients actually will buy from you? Do you know what helps them to say yes in your sales process? And then beyond that, are you able to service them properly? So once you get the yes, that's great. But what happens if you have a huge refund rate? Ugh, that's not good because now you've done all of this work to not only market, but also sell. And now you have nothing to show for it because those clients are asking for refunds left, right, and center, or your customer service is going through the roof because your onboarding process just really isn't a good experience for folks. And so for me, it's really looking at the opportunity to see end-to-end -end your entire kind of sales and marketing process and making sure that you are optimizing for the areas that can give you a bigger bang for your buck but also fill those leaky, what I call leaky holes, because as you look all throughout your process, if you notice that, wow, I could not scale. So usually my litmus test is when I ask clients, if, if I was to help you to get 10x the number of clients, what would happen right now? And if usually the answer is, I'd be ecstatic, but oh, wait, uh, I, I don't know if we could onboard them all at the same time. I'm not sure if my system could handle it. I'm not sure if my team could handle it. I don't know if I could handle it. This is where we see where the pressure points are. And then we work on those so that we can fill those gaps so that essentially you sell more, but you don't have to work as hard. Does that make sense? So that's number one. The second part is when we look at this whole marketing and sales continuum, Again, oftentimes the focus is so much on the front end of things, like the front end of your sales funnel, that we forget about the back end. And when I think about, well, why are we okay with just having mediocre conversion rates? My goal is to help folks get better conversion. Mm -hmm. Usually it's because you have better lead quality or better sales process or both. And we work in tandem to make sure that when you're having conversations with individuals and whatever your sales process is, whether it's uh, a sales call, a webinar, um, virtual events now, because a lot, a lot of our in-person events are no longer able to right. be held. So whether you're speaking from the stage, virtual or in-person, uh, anything that you're doing where you know that this is the way, the mechanism and the strategy that folks are going to learn about you such that they want to continue the relationship and you're going to invite them into that next opportunity, then how are you converting using that process? And can we improve the results such that 
for the same number of leads, you essentially get better results. So what I mean by that is if we said on average, because this is statistically what most coaches or consultants, expert service providers would tend to kind of roll out of the gate with is about a 10 to 20% conversion rate. Meaning that if you have 10 people that you're talking to, one or two of them will say yes, and they'll sign up to become clients with you. Well, that's 10 calls that you've had on your calendar and one or two say yes. Well, what if we could, instead of having just two people say yes, what if we could improve that process? So instead, for the same 10 people, we could get three or four or even five. And that is very much possible when you know exactly what you need to say and when you understand why your people are buying so that you match that up in a way that it feels really good and authentic for both you as the seller and the business owner, but also for your ideal clients as the person who actually needs to buy your product or service. And so for me, when we do that, you're not spending any extra time but we're improving the quality of the time that you're being spent so that you make more sales while sometimes working less. Because let's face it, if you know that you can improve your conversion rates and get 40%, then you might not have to take 10 calls anymore. (laughs) So it sounds like it's all in the process or your systems of helping you to not have to work as hard for the sale. Exactly. And so part of that is people, whether it's yourself or a team member, but it's also your processes in terms of the workflows that you follow. And then the last part is in the tools, your systems that help support some of the things so that you don't have to do everything on your own. And we start in including some automation. I mean, Markeith, like you use um, Acuity, right? When we were booking this Uh, interview today. And I used so when I first started, I used really three things, three tools, I Mm. used zoom, acuity, and PayPal. Mm. That's it. I used zoom so that I could actually meet people face to face, even though it was virtual, um, to be able to mimic as much as possible the human interaction that I was used to to having. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used Acuity so that I wouldn't have to keep going back and forth to book things on my calendar because that's not that's not a really good time saver. No. <laughs> uh, and it, it's frustrating for folks, right? Because yeah. with t- different time zones and availability, you lose a lot of time just trying to follow up with people to figure out mm-hmm. what day and time a tool like a calendaring schedule system like Acuity does the work for you. And the beauty of it is that it integrates with Zoom. And then the last one was when I got people to say yes, I needed them to be able to pay me. Mm -hmm. So I just set up a PayPal me link. And Mm -hmm. I know that that people go, well, really, that's, that's it? Yes, that's it. And I would send them their invoice and their contract. It would all be done through uh, email. I used HelloSign to sign the contracts, but it does not need to be complicated. It does not need to be this mm. huge, um, this huge like work in progress. Do what you need to do in order to, again, this is about taking that next step forward, right? Yeah. If you need clients, what's going to prevent you from getting the clients booked? Is it not having a calendar system? Find one. (laughs) Is it not being able to communicate with them? Okay, figure out the way that you need to connect with them. 
Uh, how do you want to be able to sell? So for me, the easiest way to sell in my sales process was to have conversations. Uh, that's often where I like to have my clients start out. But depending on where you're at in your business, you may say, well, I actually like doing speaking events. Okay, great. I have a client. She's extroverted. She loves hosting meetups. Now she's moved into the virtual space. And so we're helping her to still connect with her folks through a virtual meetup. And so she's being able to kind of navigate from that offline space into the online space and be able to still communicate with people in a way that feels good for her and still extend offers because at this point, to be honest, she can't take on a lot of one-on-one clients. So what she has decided is to have speakers that come in that have affiliate programs. So Mm -hmm. when they sell and because they have something that is of service to her folks, because she has said, hey, Markeith, you're going to come in and you're going to speak to my audience. If there's four or five people, she knows that they will get at least one client. It has statistically happened every single month for the last six to eight months. Every single time that she has um, had this opportunity to host folks because of the caliber of the speaker, the speakers and the way that she sets things up for them. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody who makes a purchase because it fits their needs. And as a result, she ends up making a sale because that person has helped somebody that she has connected them to. And so it doesn't have to be hard. It can be done in a way that makes sense for you, but you have to identify what your process is, how you want to sell and who you want to sell to. And so I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, many of us don't think about the whole affiliate opportunities or the collaboratory opportunities when it comes to sales and when it comes to, you know, increasing our generated revenue in our business. So that that's a great, great example. And so as we think about, you know, this whole idea of systems and processes, one of the things that you brought up that sometimes I have a challenge with, and I've expressed this to even some of my own coaches is how do you know who to talk to? How do you know who to have that conversation with, you know, Especially if you're pivoting, for example, and you may not necessarily be doing the same thing that you did before. So now you're pivoting and somewhat starting afresh to some degree. How do you know who to have the conversation with? So this is going to be a very um, unlikely answer, (laughs) Marquis. But there's a bit of an art and a science to it. Again, as a, a, a follower of Christ, I go with my gut because I believe that God speaks to us in the, still, the stillness and the quiet moments that we often will become so busy that we lose the intention and the integrity of why we're doing certain activities. And so I know that for me, uh, whether you want to call it intuition or God or spirit, for me, there's a magical piece where when you... There's synchronicities that we can't always explain. And that happens when we allow ourselves to not be so focused on the result or the outcome that we want to produce. And I know that's going to sound funny because if you're connected to me (laughs) for any space of time, you know, I'm very much focused on, you know, activities and results, activities and results. And I think having the intention is great, but also being able to say, and let go a little bit of that control piece in knowing that if your activity, so I'll give you uh, all a challenge. 
I want everybody right now to think about, can you reach out to five people every single day? Five people. I did this at the very start of my business when I knew nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean zero. I started my Facebook page, my personal page, with zero people attached back in April of 2016. And so when clients come to me and they go, I... I don't have a list. I don't have an audience. Like I have to pivot. And I I know that they are connected to more people than I was. They are further ahead. You are further ahead. You are simply not looking at it from the perspective of, again, how do I serve? Who am I connected to? And how can those folks in those relationships benefit not only me, but also the people that they serve? And I think when we are here to just simply make connections. So this is not about... I'm making connections with the sole purpose to make a sale. I know you're thinking right now, wait, what did she say? Because isn't she a sales coach? Like, shouldn't I be selling? Well, yes and no. This is where it feels icky. This is when we have all been reached out to. Who here has received a cold Facebook message, a DM, an Instagram, like anywhere And somebody slides in there and goes, hey, join my group, like my page, here's my link, buy this thing. And you go, what just happened? What? So this is not about making those connections, those five connections with that purpose, because that does not work. That gets you quickly down the road of burnout and sleazeville. And that's when you feel like, oh my gosh, it's it's not working. Well, no, the activity itself isn't the problem. It's the intention by which you are putting that out there. And when we do that, we come from a place of desperation and just buy my thing. And again, based on what we discussed earlier, it means that you haven't taken the time to build a relationship. You haven't even said hello. And we would never expect that people in our, like in general public, even with social distancing, right? That when we are out in in the public, we don't just simply go out to somebody and say, you want to buy this? <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow online, it becomes so awkward. We mm-hmm. lose those uh, social graces that we're so used to having when we are face to face with folks. And so what I would encourage is that just because it's online and just because it is using social media, don't mm-hmm. forget that we're still social. We're mm-hmm. still human. And that at the end of the day, I always use the golden rule, which is how would I want to be treated? How would I want somebody to interact with me first? If they have something that's going to be helpful, take some time to do a little bit of research. And that's why I say five. I mean, you you can blow this up and do, you know, 40 or 50 per day. The more activity you do, the faster your results will come. However, I really do want you to do this with intention because again, if you just sit there and you spam a hundred people and and then you come to me after 30 days and you say, well, Susan, that didn't work. Well, uh, no, it, it, it works. You didn't do the work properly because you were simply just trying to check something off on a box to say, I did it without really putting your heart and soul into it. And this is not about spending five hours to do five contacts. This is about being intentional with why are you reaching out to somebody? How are you trying to serve them? Even if it's just to be a listening ear, 
you have no idea the impact that you can have on somebody. And more importantly, you don't know who's connected to who. And so I think sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, there's there's nothing out of this relationship or there's no opportunity here. And so I'm going to talk down to this person. Never do that. Never do that. I have met folks. So I, I know somebody in my current audience who is connected to uh, Simon Sinek. Right. And when when I tell folks that they go, what, really? I swear to you, we are all one connection away from somebody that we actually um, want to serve or we could serve their community or we could change our life. And we may not even realize the potential and the depths of those relationships if all we're looking for is a quick sale. And so for me, it's really important that when you go about and you build these relationships, you are look you are constantly looking to serve. Again, it's not about the immediate sale. It's about the long game. And we're looking for ways to build not only client relationships, but also collaborative relationships where we can partner with individuals because I believe that together we're stronger and that together we can do more. And that takes time. And it takes time to build that know, like, and trust, whether it's for our clients or for the people that are going to be referring clients to us. And I think that the more that we can incorporate that into our day-to-day, the easier it becomes for us to be able to do things. So the I'm going to give everybody an affirmation. Um, every day, people of influence are working on my behalf. Mm, that's good. Every day, people of influence are working on my behalf. So this is not mine. This is from Tiffany Montgomery. Said this to me. Uh, well, she said this to a lot of people when we were at Millions Conference uh, a couple years ago now. And I'm going to tell you that knowing that that opportunity is there and having that in the forefront of my mind really changed how I went about having these interactions. Because when you know that there is power in your words, there is power in the relationships that you create, and there's power in the way that you serve people, you show up differently. And this is not about you serving folks with the intent purpose that they will repay you. Because I know sometimes the law of reciprocity, as servant leaders, we can sometimes get overwhelmed or resentful that I'm giving, 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 Susan. Where's the money? Where are the clients? And I think sometimes as long as you know that, so two things. First, you have to give without the expectation to to receive anything in return. Because we all know what it feels like when we give somebody something and then we're like, oh, but now you owe me a favor. Right? And and <laughs> nobody likes being backed into a corner like that. It feels very uncomfortable. It's almost like, well, if I had known that, I don't think I would have taken you up on this. <laughs> right? And so when you give, give freely. Give freely. Knowing that the universe and karma, like it'll it'll bring it back. The other piece is, so part two of this is that when you do this, it becomes a lot easier for you to ask for what you want. You have to be able to do that. And too often, why we grow resentful, because we just expect that because we're giving, other people are going to give us in the same way, and we never ask for the things that we actually want. And so that's left unsaid. It's dangling in the room and it becomes heavier and bigger and weightier 
the longer it goes without us being able to receive what we want. And again, sales is about leadership. You have to lead the conversation and you have to ask. So if you know that what you do changes lives, you're going to have to ask. You're going to have to put it out there. You're going to have to give people the opportunity to say yay or nay and be okay with whatever the outcome is, knowing that you are great at what you do. You give a heck of a lot of value regardless. And that the people that want your service, they're going to say yes. But they can't say yes if you never give them an opportunity. Wow. So much information. Can't believe that we've almost gone the whole hour. So much, so much. I had, I did have one more question, but I don't want to go over the hour because um, that question was all about, you know, can introverts be great sellers? You know, and they can. <laughs> I, and I, and I, because, and I'm, I don't consider myself to be an introvert. I consider myself to be more of an ambervert, mm-hmm. where I have the innate skills and abilities that force me to be extroverted, but I have a preference of stealing away in my introvertedness to prepare for the extroverted activities. <laughs> I love it. So it's awesome. So Susan, why don't you uh, let us know how we can stay in contact with you? I believe you have an opportunity for people to receive a free gift as well. Uh, I saw on your website. So let us know that information real quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, I have a lot of uh, free resources available. If you want to follow me on any social media platform at at Susan McVeigh, M-C-V-E-A is my last name. Um, But for those of you that are listening, if you're struggling to hear more yeses, Uh, especially if you're, again, you're a servant leader, you're doing all the right things, you have a gift that you want to put out there in the world. I know how frustrating that is. And so what I've done is I've created a brand new resource um, for you, which is my five secrets to get to yes. Hmm. There may be mistakes that you're making, some of which we actually talked about today. So it actually lines up really nicely um, based on the the questions and the conversation that Markeith and I had. But if you want to grab that resource, it's going to help you to see what you might be doing wrong or that you're misstepping on that you could improve upon in order to hear more yeses more consistently. And you can grab that at susanmcveigh.com forward slash yes. susanmcveigh.com forward slash yes. Well, Susan, I am so appreciative of you taking the time out uh, almost a whole hour with me today uh, to, you know, help us to better understand sales, help us to become more comfortable with sales, but also to help us to understand that a system, a sales system, a sales mindset can help us to sell more, but work less. So thank you so much for your information and for joining me today. So I appreciate each of you joining us today for this live episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. I am excited to be sharing these live so that I can, you know, engage more people with the content and really be uh, more connective with you. Those of you who will be listening to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, I just want you to know that we haven't forgotten about you and that if you have questions, you can and email those questions to me via my website at markeithbrayton.com or you can also become a part of my email list or my tribe by texting brand me 
brand me to 77222. That's brand me to 77222, all one word. I am excited about what's happening uh, in this season, even though uh, this is during the COVID-19 season. And those of you who will be listening to this or watching this at some other time where we may be beyond this, I just want you to know that we have been becoming creative and uh, innovative and doing all the things that we can to make sure that we provide as much value as possible to those of you who are part of our tribes. So we look forward to you joining us next week for a brand new episode But until then, just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care.